Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize on your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for an ad space so that you can always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today and become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. And be sure to add Talking Sports with Manny in the How Did You Hear About Podgo section of the application. Thank you so much. Man, this is the first of many roundtables. I'm excited for this uh, panel that I have here. Um, we had two more that would have been here with us. Uh, Josh Taylor with the Burgundy Report. And um, I mean, it's the, with the Burgundy Network podcast. You got and it. Then we also had Ryan Trotter out of the Weekly Audible podcast. Um, so I just wanted to kind of give them plugs, give them uh, uh, thanks for, you know, being able and willing to come on. Uh, the show. So I have Phil. Phil is with the Redskins Hub. Um, he is a writer, and this guy knows his stuff, man. He's literally helped that group grow to over 14K. So, Phil, you got anything to say? I'm excited. My podcast debut. Awesome. Awesome. Now, Phil, where can the people find you? Um, actually, I have the Redskins Hub Twitter, which is me and Tony really run it off of. And Adam, we talk all the time on the Messenger. Um, and just the Redskins Hub Facebook page, man. That's, of course, we're probably going to be changing the name soon, but you know, I know. <laughs> it is yeah, it is. I'm also rocking with my name until you know. Oh, act- sure. I didn't yeah, want to add it. <laughs> I didn't want to have the Washington Football Team show. Nah, nah. I'm just get a real name, and then I'll go ahead and change my name. But it's always going to be Redskins for me, Mister Lujo. This What's guy was a long time. Redskins fan. He's been through it all. Um, I mean, this guy knows his stuff. Uh, he's also a, a entrepreneur. Mr. Lujo, man, tell us a little bit about yourself and where the people can find you. Listen, everybody can find me on DC Sports Talk, wherever you can find your podcasts and uh, wherever you uh, listen to your podcast on the the Wix, uh, uh, the, uh, what's the name of that daggone thing? Uh, anyway, it fails me right now, but anywhere your podcasts are, you can find me. Uh, the name of the show is DC Sports Talk. So um, I'm happy and excited to be here with you all. A very uh, knowledgeable group of people. And uh, let's get it done. Awesome. Awesome. Appreciate everybody for chiming in. Um, then we got my boy, Adam Abina, uh, Aniba. Uh, this guy right here, man, he's a writer. Very, very, very talented writer, man, with the Burgundy and Gold Report. Um, his articles are bar none, like the best. And this guy needs to be hired by somebody. So I'm so thankful and grateful to uh, have you on the show. Where can the people find you, Adam? I'm, uh, you know, I'm pretty active these days. You can find everything on Twitter. Uh, follow me at uh, at the 
uh, B and G report lowercase r. And uh, all my stuff can be at uh, burgundyandgoldreport.wordpress.com. Um, I'll have a bunch of interviews coming out. Um, you know, any podcast I have a link to the um, site. And I always put it on Twitter. So, like I always say, um, everyone DMs me. You know, anyone on here can tell me I'm easily easily accessible. Um, no matter how big the Burgundy and Gold Report has gotten. And um, I'm just excited to uh, finally chop it up with you guys, man. Absolutely. And this is actually Adam's third podcast debut this week, man. The guy has been so busy. He hit me up thinking it was another time. I mean, this guy has been rolling. So it's a pleasure to have you on the show. It's a pleasure to have Phil and Lujo on the show. So we're going to get this thing kicked off with the 53-man roster. But before we get there, I want to kick this thing off with an icebreaker. Jalen Ramsey just signed a huge contract. <laughs> you, hey, Phil, you know where I'm going with this. So oh, yeah. We talked about this for a while. <laughs> and if you guys listen to my very first episode, Jalen Ramsey was my number one free agent that I wanted. And I knew it was a long shot. They traded two first-round picks to get this guy. So I kind of knew that he was not leaving the Rams. So let me, guys, let me, let me ask you guys this. Do you guys think that he's worth $21 million a year? Nope. You know my answer. All right. So everybody says no. But we almost paid Amari Cooper $20 million. 21 plus almost. They they actually said they were going to outbid the Cowboys. So that would have been too much too. And we actually did outbid the Cowboys. We actually did outbid them. Uh, He just wanted to stay in Dallas. Yeah, he, he right. we did outbid that Dallas, but he won. He decided that he wanted to stay in Dallas. So go yep. figure. Yep. Okay, let me ask you this, Lujo: Do you think that Amari Cooper is a top ten wide receiver in the NFL? No, I think he's a top ten wide receiver in the division. Okay, not a top ten wide receiver. <laughs> in the All now, right, Adam. I'm, I'm an Alabama fan, and I agree. I agree with him. You know, I think he's good, but. You know, you just have to measure the last couple of years about consistency. He's just not consistent. I think that um, with the scheme that Washington has, even Philadelphia has now, I think Cooper is going to really struggle. I think Dallas getting C.D. Lamb, to me, that, that you know, is an evaluated that that was the worst case scenario as far as who they would get on offense. Because now I think they have him and Gallup as two studs. And it, I, it was ridiculous. They shouldn't even have paid him. They're dumb for doing it. We're dumb for offering, in my opinion, because I think he's good. But I have I I look at him as more as a wide receiver too than I look at him as a as a one. So I, absolutely. I'm, well, we have a challenge. So I'm going to let Phil name ten wide receivers that are better than Amari. Put me on the spot. Ten on the spot right what? now. All right, so we go Godwin. I think Godwin's better. Uh, DJ Moore. Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins. That's three. Mike Thomas. Four. Um, Devonte Adams, five. Um, uh, put me on the spot, bro. I mean, um, Stephon Diggs. Yes, I I don't know about Diggs being better. Diggs is right there. Um, I think Terry's better than him. I, I think, think so too. He Terry's just doesn't have the, the, like, or the you know career yet. But I, I mean, I'll take Terry over Amari from a talent standpoint. That's just that's absolutely just- for sure. Um, who am I forget? I'm forgetting somebody. I know I am. Uh, come on, fellas. Help there's, me out. So, there's so many. So you you already said Hopkins, right? You, I mean, I think Tyreek Hill is better. Yeah, I, I think Tyreek Tyree Hill. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm going off of like fantasy football right now. Uh, D Hop, Tyreek Hill. Some would say OBJ is better. To some, 
to some, I think it's debatable. Julio, thank you, thank you, Julio. What about uh, Keenan Allen from uh, Keenan Allen from Tampa Bay over Cooper all day long? Right, Mike, Mike Evans, Mike AJ, Evans. Mike Evans. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's Dylan, uh, neck and neck. Right, I mean, there's so many guys. I just burped on live. That's why, Sorry. that's why it's crazy to pay wide receivers this kind of money because, you know, if you do the draft right, you can bring in guys, you know, pretty consistently. And I think Washington's going to show if we have a little success, you know, that you're going to be able to do it. You know, you, you pay your pass rushers, you pay your offensive linemen, your quarterbacks. But there's just, you know, to me, cornerbacks, wide receivers, 20 plus million. To me, that's just money in the wrong places. I Absolutely. Agree. Totally agree. So, man, that was a nice little icebreaker, man. I enjoyed it. And, um, for me personally, I would have loved to have Jalen Ramsey here. I knew it was going to be expensive. I knew it would be at least $20 million. The reason why I say Jalen Ramsey is because I feel like he's the best corner in the league. And if Jalen Ramsey's on the team and on the field, one side of the field is shut down. I mean, one side is completely shut down. And then you have a guy on the backside like Landon Collins, although he does not cover as much or as good as some of the top coverage safeties, but I just felt like if, if you get a guy like Jalen Ramsey with that pass rush, man, I mean, Ooh, that's, man. you know, Apke's are deep, man. <laughs> man. Hey, Apke's on his way, man. Apke, we're going to talk about Apke, man. Apke has been the surprise of the camp. For so, sure. man, let's get to this 53-man roster, man. So, who are the shockers to you guys? Um... For me, I'll start off. For me, Acby, I didn't see, I did not see that coming. Acby was a shocker. Um, Marcus Ball was another one that was a shocker for me. Called you know, one. because had I tried to predict this thing before the before like the camp, I mean, where did he come from? So we're gonna go Phil. Who was your biggest surprise? Well, you know me, you saw my tight end analysis on the Redskins hub. You know who my sleeper was, Marcus Ball. He was with him at Carolina. He was at Ohio State with Dwayne Haskins. I'm pretty sure he was at Ohio State with Dwayne Haskins. Yeah, I'm but pretty Ball is really athletic. Um, I think he's going to pass Sprinkle on the unofficial depth chart that oh, he just yeah. Most definitely. <laughs> um, I'm just not a big Jeremy Sprinkle fan. Um, my biggest surprise, absolutely, James Smith Williams. I did yeah. not think he was going to make the squad. Yeah, I did not think he would make the squad until I heard. Del Rio and Rivera talk about how they were going to stunt him over the tackle. And I was like, ooh, ooh. And then I also heard Sunberg talking about him on um, the Washington football podcast with J.P. Uh -huh. Finley and P. Right. Haley. Um, I listened to that one in your podcast religiously. Um, but James Smith-Williams, hands down, he was the surprise of the surprise for me. I thought Jordan Brelford would make it over him personally. Yeah, me too. Me too. And you know, like when you draft these guys in the seventh round, you don't know what to expect. You're thinking, okay, they have a slim chance of making the team, maybe practice squad. So, yeah, that's a very good surprise right there. Uh, Lujo? I think the cutting of Adrian Peterson really shocked a lot of people, and it really shocked me, given his last two years, last two seasons, and the body of work in which he performed, even though the team did not perform admirably those two years in some senses he was the only workhorse especially because Geis was hurt and we didn't really have many options at running back and right. so that was a shocker to me to see Adrian Peterson cut they did respect him enough to give him time to find another team and he did right. sign on with Detroit I didn't think he would be cut and I didn't think Gibson would kind of go in 
as kind of the person that they're going to probably feature this offense with, even though uh, J.D. McKissick looks like he's the number one and looks like uh, Gibson is going to come in at the number two spot. So we think, so we see on paper. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, I, I think that's just a matter of a matter of time before he's right. bumped because I think Gibson is just that elusive in the, in the backfield because some of his tape in Memphis. And he just looks to me like he's really going to be a, a McCaffrey type of back and somebody who can line up as a receiver as well. And right. so that one really, really, really took me off guard. I thought that they would depend on AP for his veteran leadership as well as because he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. So right. to me, I didn't think that would happen. But I, I thought that probably Peyton Barber or McKissick would probably be the odd man out. And so right. here we are. I was literally crying when they let AP go, man. He's my he's my favorite running back of all time. So for me, it hurt. I remember when Geis got hurt in that preseason game. And yeah. I was I'm a big Darius Geis fan. So when we get Adrian Peterson, I'm like, are you I mean I was, it was crazy. It was crazy. I was like, wow, my favorite running back of my favorite. So, and he showed up and he showed up uh, admirably. Uh just being a class act guy. Uh, and he eventually got to tote the rock. I was stunned that Gruden sat him the first game of the season last year for a special teamer. Don't know why that happened, uh, but he has signed with Detroit, and we have to play them November the 15th, so we'll see what right. happens. Adam, who was your biggest surprise? Uh, you know, two guys that I actually uh, evaluated and interviewed. Um, start with Danny Johnson. Um, he was actually the start of my HBCU uh, film evaluation, and you know, nice. when I uh, interviewed him and evaluated him, I just thought on the next level, he's going to be that uh, punt returner, uh, you know, maybe fourth corner type that's going to really make some plays. And he really hasn't lived up to what I thought he has. But uh, right. the fact that he's still sticking around, I don't think that has to do with just a lack of talent. You know, he still beat out Roosevelt Colvin. You know, there was other guys that, you know, he was ahead of in the depth chart. Um, next to him was James Smith Williams. And, you know, admittedly, you know, at an NC State, he wasn't a guy that I scouted. But um, after we drafted him, I really took some time. Um, I reached out to him and all the draft picks. You know, he was kind enough to actually respond to me. So it was my first current Redskin interview, which was exciting because like, I'm used nice. to his college prospects. Um, but after just, you know, talking to him and getting to understand what happened, um, the label with him was always um, injury issues at NC State. When he broke it down to me and really explained what happened, this guy is next to AGP as far as basic football IQ. He's probably going to be one of the smartest guys on the team, I'm telling you. He just blew me away with some of the things he was talking about. Um, but he's in a situation where it was just some nagging injuries here and there, and he was held out for even various reasons that games were over and whatever just wasn't even being discussed. It's just like he has injury issues, therefore he drops the later rounds. So it was a bit confusing with you know coming in with 4-6 speed, what he's able to do. So those two were my main surprises because I thought – those would easily transition to the practice squad so we could possibly grow the program on forward. But I'm telling you, to have all draft picks make the team, to me, that's the overall surprise. And that's, to me, that shows, at least for the time being, your team is being run right if you can keep uh, all your draft picks. Absolutely. So we look at the quarterbacks, Dwayne Haskins, Dwayne Allen, and uh, Alex Smith. There was a lot of chatter about Alex Smith possibly going to the IR. But, you know, the medicals, they showed up. They said, hey, Alex Smith is ready. For me personally, everybody knows that I feel like he should not be playing. I'm just worried about his health. I do not want to see him take another big hit because somebody decides not to pick up, a, you know, uh, um, somebody coming in to blitz or, or whatever. So, I mean, I'm not shocked that Alex Smith made the team. I always thought he was going to make the team. And I know that with his veteran leadership, he'll be able to kind of impact this young quarterback room so 
What do you guys see out of Dwayne Haskins going forward this season? Phil? Well, I think they tailored the offense to him. I think it's going to be more like an Ohio State ran offense. Okay. Be a lot of short passes, and they're going to let Sims, Gibson, get out in space. And, I mean, we're going to shock people. I'm telling you right now, we're going to shock some people. And being number one to be the Eagles that were shocking week one. Oh, um, I, I have us being the Eagles. I have I us being for sure. Um, yeah. Mainly because of Chase Young. I think he's going to break Wentz. <laughs> oh, yeah, most definitely. I mean, you have Jason Peters trying trying to cover either Sweat or or um, Young. So that's going to be interesting right there. I mean, good luck. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Haskins is – I have utmost faith in, Taps, in Haskins. If Rivera trusts Haskins, I trust Haskins. I go by the mantra in Ron, I trust. Okay. Uh, I have a question for you, Phil. Stay on the Haskins. So do you think Haskins has enough weapons to be successful this season? Not fully. Not fully. I think we need one more wide receiver. I would love to get in next year's draft. Jamar Chase, LSU. um, (laughs) If Chase with McLaurin and even Sims and Antonio. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Um, okay. I like the I like the chemistry though with Inman that I've read. Okay. I follow a lot of beat on uh Twitter. Um of course I'm not in DC, I'm in South Carolina, so I do everything off Twitter. But everything I'm hearing is Inman is looking really good, almost like he was with the Chargers. Right. So we'll mm-hmm. see. Nice size, great hands. Lujo, yeah. Haskins. I think Haskins is going to really have a great year. Um, and the case in point is he did not start last year. Had he started last year, I believe it's my thought. It's my perspective, my observation that we probably would have won three games, more than more than three games. And the simple fact is because he started coming on late the game against the Giants and some of the, the game against Detroit, of course, the game against Miami, we started seeing flashes of the Dwayne Haskins that we saw at Ohio State. And so had he started the season, then that probably means probably the last five to six games, we probably would have gotten more comfortable. The speed of the game would have slowed down for him. Now that he's starting the season, I think that we have a bow of confidence behind him the same way Daniel Jones got the bow of confidence in New York. And so I think it's only going to be up from here. I think that Steve Sims has has emerged as his go-to guy, as we saw last year, especially because he's playing in the slot. And I think that Gibson is going to be dangerous coming out of the backfield, as well as Bryce Love coming out of the backfield. And so we're going to really see how they call this offense. But I think with the with the weapons and the ammunition that he has right now, this is probably a middle-of-the-road team in the league. We won't be the last-ranked league in the league in rushing, won't be the last-ranked league in passing and pass attempts and rush attempts and yards per game. I feel that with the staff that we have right now, with the personnel that we have on the field right now, with, with Terry McLaurin, Steve Sims, Logan Thomas, Antonio Gibson, can't forget Antonio Gandy-Golden, right. and with Inman and, and Wright, I feel as though we can be disciplined enough to beat the team you're supposed to beat Right. And be competitive in the games that are going to be competitive with Baltimore's. You know, there there's some tough games on the schedule with Seattle, and of course, you know, the Dallas divisional games are going to be tough as well. Those are always tough. But when the games are supposed to win, and I think with the discipline that Rivera has instilled, you won't see as many penalties, false starts. You won't oh, see yeah. as many hands to the face. You won't see as many turnovers. You won't see uh, a lot of people out of position. And so, just with the discipline that the team should have had last year, I think that alone will win you 
three to four more games than we won last year. So I'm really uh, right about seven to nine, eight and eight. I feel as though we can do with the personnel that we have right now. Okay. Adam? Um, yeah. You know, I, I, we just have to remember AGG is a guy that is coming from the small school level. I, I really spent probably more time on him evaluating for the draft. You know, him and Kyle Duggar were the two guys I spent the most time evaluating. And AGG is a guy that in the second half of the season, that's when we're really going to need him. Because what's going to happen is I went back and watched um, Turner's uh, last four games of Carolina. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of quick game, a lot of uh, dual running backs, a lot of uh, – a lot of passing is going to come out of our uh, running back sets. And um, so Inman is a guy right now, and this is just my theory, of course. I think he's better He's better at blocking right now than AGG is, and I think right. they want their receivers to be able to block in space. So, you know, between McLaurin mm. and, um, and um, Thomas at the tight end, you've got three really good blockers. Absolutely. Um, you know, you're talking about the screen. Um, he, they're going to use the screen – to death there's so many ways that to do it but what's going to happen unfortunately is this is only going to float for a couple games um i really like this offense but you're going to need big plays downfield and Dwayne haskins will be able to do that but in the beginning it's going to be a lot of quick game and a lot of short stuff so mm-hmm. like i said i i think we're going to we're going to shock philadelphia i think we're actually going to be arizona too so i think we'll go on a stretch we'll have a, you know about two and two and that's what came. We're gonna really start to get a feel on us. Our defense is gonna bring us through. But um, second half, look for a guy like AGG really to burst out on the scene because he's right. just too smart of a guy. He's just too athletic. I comped him to Terrell Owens coming out of Tennessee Chattanooga. Not right. later in his career to Chattanooga. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. When he was with the 49ers and he was he was with Jerry Rice. Unfortunately, right. he doesn't have that mentor, but I do yeah. believe. And McLaurin is ahead of his years, and I think he is going to be that guy this year. He's going to be the ca- after this. Year, I was a little shocked. I actually was looking for him to be a captain. So mm-hmm. the fact that Brandon Schrift got yeah. guess that they were hitting every position, offense, line, quarterback, special team, blah blah blah. But I thought McLaurin and Haskins should have been probably the offensive captain. Absolutely. So um, you know, look for look for that to go forward. You know, the, it's it can't be understated how much McLaurin is going to bring in this team with leadership. I've talked to people from Ohio State. I've interviewed players from Ohio State. I actually interviewed Dwayne Haskins. You know, best friend Matt Burrell, who was actually his center that transferred to Sam Houston, and you know, just found out that. Dwayne Haskins just felt that nobody was behind him during the Gordon administration. And as soon as everything turned over, right away, right away he felt the difference. He felt embraced. And I mm-hmm. think when you see the body change and you see everything that you've seen in him, it's a plan. When he talked to Rivera, the plan was simple. Rivera, him and Turner, is, in, in, in my mm-hmm. opinion, is they all sat down and said, this is what we're going to do. And we're right. going to do a lot of movement because we have an offensive line right now. That the right side is struggling, the left side is brand new. We're right. gonna get you out of the pocket. We're gonna move this pocket. So mm. what we need you to do is get in a lot better shape. But we're gonna run a lot of your Ohio State concepts. So it's gonna be a lot of number systems. It's gonna be a lot of quick games. Once that gets going, he's gonna get going. And I have a lot of faith in um, Haskins. The one thing that people are not talking about is you're gonna see he's gonna be scrambling. He's gonna get 15, yep. 20, 25 yards. Quietly a game. Next thing you know, he's going to be halfway through the season with four or five hundred yards. Don't sleep on him. I agree. So you guys know in basketball, you guys have heard of Hoodie Mellow, right? And then there's Skinny Mellow. Yes. Well, we got Skinny Dwayne Haskins, man, and I'm excited for Skinny Dwayne Haskins, man. He's going to be scrambling. He's going to be tearing it up. So I'm excited to see what he does. So we're going to do a little bit of over and under. Do you guys think Dwayne Haskins gets over three hundred and I mean thirty five hundred? Passing yards over over under, Phil. I think he's right at it, so I'll go a little over. Okay, Lujo. I think he goes right over it too. 
I think it really comes down to the offensive play calling. Are they going to depend more on the run or on the pass? But from what I saw last year, when he had time, he was throwing the ball down the field. And I'm talking more of the medium range, long range stuff. If he had four to five seconds to throw, he was throwing, picking up 20 yards a pop, 15 yards a pop. He wasn't dinking and dunking like Alex Smith was his first season. And so I think he's like, I would agree with Phil. He's probably going to be right at the 3,500 mark, just over if he can stay healthy and if they can call the plays in advantage to roll him out of the pocket, find those receivers downfield. I think he will definitely get that 35. Awesome. Adam? Um, you know, I'll be a little different. I have him right around 3,200 yards, but the reason I have him there is for the reason I was just speaking about is the rushing yards. I misspoke. I said midway 525. No, I think by the end of the year, I have him around the 3,200-yard passing, around 525 rushing. That's going to be one of the biggest surprises of the year. But I think if you just look over the stretch, he stays healthy. Um, they're going to be running a lot of you know zone read RPO. There's going to be a lot of things open from the middle. So I see him right around uh, 28 touchdowns, about 14 interceptions. But I think the the quick game and everything short, it's going to be like Ohio State. You know, it's going to be fun for him, you know, and there's going to be a lot of big plays off of short yards. It's once teams start to respect and putting more, you know, more defense, more players at the line, that's when the big, the, the big games are going to open up downfield for us. So, you know, I think this will be a really good year for him. And um, I think that – the rushing aspect will actually add an element to his game that's that's going to solidify him as, as the franchise going forward. Okay. Wasn't Steve, for you, Steve was just said 4,500 yards. Book it. Whoa. Those are really those are really lofty. Yeah. That's, that's huge. I'm going to hold you to that. I hope it happens. I hope it happens. <laughs> I hope it happens. All right. So the next position group we're going to dive into is the running backs. Um. Phil is going to laugh about this. I remember when we had, was it like five or six running backs on the roster? I think it was five, five. And uh, I think it was six. I don't know, man. It was a lot of running backs on the roster. And I kept saying, I think that J.D. McKissick and Peyton Barber get cut. And everybody went crazy, man. I never knew that the Redskins nation loved J.D. McKissick so much. And also the coaching staff loves love J.D. McKissick. And I, I mean, when you draft the Antonio Gibson, Right. And he's supposed to be doing some of those receiving type work. And then now you bring in J.D. I was confused. So, I mean, what was I supposed to think? I'm like, we're not going to keep five running backs. Right. So guys does what he does. He's gone. Right. And then AP gets cut. And I'm like, what is going on? So then we ended up keeping the four guys that I never I mean, I felt that Bryce Love and Gibson were a lock because of the draft capital that we invested to get those guys. But the other two. I mean, I, I'm I'm surprised. So, Phil, what do you see out of the running back position? I see a full-fledged coach. Um, we're going to run, a, like Ron says in his uh, conferences, we're going to see a lot of two-back sets. Um, J.D. and Antonio Gibson are going to be on the uh, field. Together. I see right. that big time. Um, yeah, like dude said, I see versatility. I agree. Mm-hmm. Unlike versatility. I see versatility, um, and that's why in my projection I only had a in five wide receivers. Right. AD played wide receiver at Arkansas State Red Wolves. <laughs> you know that's my future name that I want. Oh yeah, I love the name too. I love it. Um, like I said, I can see I had a stadium full of uh, fans howling every time Chase Young gets a sack. But I digress. Back to the running backs um, and Bryce Love. He's a runner-up of Heisman. When he does come back, and I think he's going to come back full-fledged, full strength in about four to five weeks, I think they're mm-hmm. going to be 
four to five weeks. I think they're going to give him a touch here and a touch there. But I think from week five, week six on, it's going to be the Bryce Love and Antonio Gibson show. Yeah. McKissick will be our third down back. Um, I didn't realize how strong Antonio Gibson was. The dude is a beast. He's a big boy. We could move him to tight end. <laughs> <laughs> no, real tall. Real tall. He's like, what, six? They say he's like six feet even, right? Yeah, but he's like 220 of solid muscle. Right. I mean, that six feet even looks like he's like, to me, six two, six three. I mean, there's some guys that are like, oh, yeah, and his legs, man, his legs, yeah. <laughs> his quads are, are sick. I'm it's sure. right up there with A.J. Dillon. It's right up there with the Saquon Barkers of the world. He, he got some lower body strength, man. And I'm excited. Like you said, um, I do believe that it's going to be the Bryce Love and the Antonio Gibson show. I mean, we've invested in these guys. And if it doesn't pan out, guess what? You draft another one. I say draft a running back every two years. Just because in today's NFL, they don't last as long as they used to. They're not built the same. So you got to keep investing in the running back uh, group. Lojo? Yeah, I think Gibson's really going to surprise a lot of people. And there's not a lot of film on him. I mean, of course, you can look at his Memphis tape, but in terms of in the NFL, the Philadelphia Eagles really don't know what to plan for. They don't know how he's going to line up. They don't know, you know, his nuances and, and what we're using him for. He can be there as a decoy and he can line up wide. I saw some some footage right. in practice today where Haskins was throwing it to him. Uh, I think he might have been in the slot. So that versatility mm -hmm. is really going to make this team really dangerous whenever. And I think of the days of Arizona when, when uh, Johnson was a running back, but he lined up as a wide receiver, his name, David Johnson. And so I know when we played him, it was a problem. And I think he, he, yeah. he amassed probably 150 yards in that game. And so the versatility is really going to speak to, you know, what we really need. We really, and that's really one of the reasons why AP got cut, because once he comes in the game, you pretty much know he's a, a downhill runner. He's going to get the ball and he's going to run up the middle or he's going to bounce it outside. We saw mm -hmm. that for the last two years. Right. These guys bring a versatility and a elusiveness and a speed that we have not seen in a long time. And so I feel the running game is probably going to be about the middle of the road. I think this entire team's going to be about the middle of the road. We're not going to be last in the league that like we were last year and run uh, attempts and, and yards and things of that nature. And so I feel as though if the run is setting up the pass like we really think it is, then these guys are probably going to find some success. If the offensive line can hold up and block and give these guys the holes that they need, I think we can really do damage in this division. Absolutely. Adam? Yeah, I, I don't have any of the running backs going over a thousand yards this year uh, rushing. I think you know it's the, it's the true committee. You know, I think that um, in the end, Gibson will get the closest. He'll probably you know get close to that eight hundred yard mark. But I think you know you're going to see with him that five six hundred receiving mark. But there's clear yeah. roles set out. That that's what I wanted to talk about because again, after watching their film, it's clear that um, Antonio Gibson is that McCaffrey role. McLaurin yeah. is the DJ Moore role. And as far as Curtis Samuel, you've actually got a multifaceted. You have uh, DJ McKissick, uh, who was a guy in college that actually played receiver as well. So very similar to Curtis Samuel. But they were actually are going to use um, Sims Jr. as well in a similar fashion with, that they mm -hmm. use Curtis Samuel. Because what I saw is they do a lot of motion pre-snap, bringing their receivers, actually even bringing their tight end. They used Ian Thomas in the backfield when um, – Olsen went down. They had to get a little more creative, so it was a less traditional tight end role. So I think that's going to be the appeal with a lot of the guys. You know, a lot of people are scratching their heads at some of these picks, but you have guys, you know, like Logan Thomas. You have guys that are just good blockers. 
And I right. think that can go underestimated because when you have quick game, when you have screens, it's only going to be as good as your blockers. And it's not the offensive linemen. They can only get downfield so much. Let's keep exactly. that in mind. The receivers, the tight ends, they're the guys that are the only ones can get as far downfield as everybody. So, right. you know, when you have that talent, you can have Jordan Reed, you can have Vernon Davis and these guys mm -hmm. that are excellent receivers. But when it comes to this kind of game plan, I think that it really fits who they're trying to install the speed and Adrian Peterson. I agree with everyone. I thought he would should have stayed over Barber. I was the bold prediction said five running backs. So yeah. I wasn't surprised. It was just, I thought it would be AP in the end over Barber, but I think Barber will play that role for a little bit. And then like everyone says, love, I agree hundred percent three to four weeks. That's the only reason he's not put on IR because from mm -hmm. what I hear from everybody I've talked to any sources, I have anybody who I try to talk to. I constantly I talk to Rick, Doc Walker, anybody who, you know, will listen to me. I'm, I'm, I'm annoying like that. Um, <laughs> and they all say that love is not on IR because he's at that 75, 80% range. They say, give him about okay. three, four weeks. He's probably going to be inactive for the first three to four weeks. He's probably not going to even play for maybe two of those games. So you're going to look for this running backs to really create a lot of um, misdirection. Mm -hmm. um, like I said on the show the other night, um, it's a combination between CFL, OSU, and a lot of the Air Coriel concepts. It's mm -hmm. a very interesting offense, but again, someone like me, all I can do is guess and put it all together. But in the end, when they come in the field, it's going to be totally different every week. And that, that's what I hope. Because that's the only way we're going to have some success this year. Because, you know, I would watch in Carolina the last four games. Each game, North, uh, excuse me, if I say North Turner, Scott Turner called a different game. And each one had its own successes and its own failures. And it really showed how much the quarterback can get it going. Because although Kyle Allen is a guy that can move the ball, he actually showed he can run. And that's why I come up with these predictions about the rushing yards. Because I saw how they moved Kyle Allen. But mm -hmm. the, um, Haskins is a far superior athlete. And I think that his height will help him in this kind of offensive concepts, just to be to be able to stand tall and just reach over the line and throw those little two-yard passes that are going to be big plays. So that's what I think we're going to see early on before, you know, the big, you know, the big time, you know, go routes, the, the days of the Deshaun Jacksons around here that we were used to. But um, uh, it, it's going to take some time, but I think the defense will keep us in the game. And um, I think that Dwayne Haskins will, uh, you know, he's going to, I think he's going to have a really good year. I don't think this is a year he takes a step back. Okay, so let's go ahead and go into the wide receiver group. Um, the group was pretty much predictable for me. Um, I did not want to see Cam Sims back. I did not want to see Trey Quinn back. Look, they've had their shot. They've had their chances, and either they can't stay healthy or Cam Sims is that preseason monster, and then once the season starts, you're looking for him. You can't find him. So, um Somebody just asked about Gandy Golden's role. So I'm just going to kind of go across. So, Phil, um, talk about the wide receivers a little bit. Well, we all know what Terry's going to do. I've got Terry at about 85 to 90 catches. I think he's going to get right at 1,300 yards. And I'm looking at around 10 touchdowns, not for just my good games, but also for fantasy because I own him. <laughs> Absolutely. And, um, yeah, my prediction for Terry is I do have him about at 85 catches, 1,200 yards and 10 touchdowns. So that's my, my prediction. I, figured we um, I, would agree, I would agree with that number uh, in terms of his production. Uh, I don't think there's anybody in the division that can check him. Nope. Uh, we saw that last year, and, and we can even go a little bit further. It's not many guys in the league that can stay with him. And so what Terry McLaurin does, now that you got tape on him, is he's going to draw that safety deep. And what that does is that gives Steve Sims the middle all day. 
that gives whoever the third receiver is, whether it's going to be uh, Wright, Inman, or uh, Gandy Golden, to, to eat that intermediate stuff up. Right. And if you're putting guys on them, that leaves whoever's coming out of the backfield against linebackers. And we all know if that's going to be McKissick, Barber, if that's going right. to be Love, if that's going to be Gibson, they're going to eat those linebackers up all day. And so I think that McLaurin is going to stretch the field, but I think Antonio Gandy-Golden is probably going to make his money in the red zone. And, and I think because of his height, I think he's going to make it happen and get it done. And I'm pretty sure all those thumbs down for the guy that just said we'd be 2-14. and 14. Absolutely. <laughs> I doubt that's serious. I we doubt that's it. Yeah. <laughs> How can you take a step back? That's what I understand. If you want to say four wins, man, I'm not. I'll just be like, okay. But you can say a step back. Come on. Right. And yeah, Chase ah. Young. That's two or three wins right there. Exactly. Right, right there. Right, right. there. Right there. Home. We cannot forget, guys. We cannot forget when we talk about wins and losses. The scheme of the defense changed from the three-four back to the four-three. And you got to also understand that Jack Del Rio's presence as the defensive coordinator makes a world of difference from last year to this year. And you add the personnel groupings of Montez Sweat and Chase Young. And so folks don't really understand what that means. But I think game one, people are going to come away with a greater observation as to what this defense can be. You got to remember Jack Del Rio, every time he took over a defense, he took them from bottom of the barrel to top five. Every time, of course, he did. Uh, for that defense, it's gonna it's it's just that front four, that front seven. If they create pressure, constant pressure. We're not talking about sacks. If we create constant pressure to where we got, let's say, week one, where Carson Wentz is like running for his life, or you know, dumping it off quick, it just helps everybody. It's gonna help the corners. It's gonna help the safeties, and then you got Landon Collins, who's gonna play closer to the box. I mean. It, the defense is just so exciting to me, man. Defense is defense, but I mean, defense is soft. Defense is top ten. And what that does, that gives your offense the ball back because you don't have these long sustained drives, which which has really hurt us last year. We could not get the defense off the field, and of course, after a while, second, third quarter, they're getting tired, they're getting winded, and teams start running it up the middle, and the game is out of reach at that point. But I think if you get the ball back, you cause some turnovers. You're going to see a lot more forced fumbles. You're going to see a couple of pick sixes. You're going to see balls batted down. You're going to see a lot of sacks. And so I think that that only gives your offense that much more and that many more opportunities. Okay, Adam, I want to hear about Terry McLaurin from you, and I also want you to address the question about what AGG's role is going to be in this offense. Terry, I'm I'm with you guys. It's like, you know, nickels and dimes here. Like about 11.50, I think he's going to have about 10 10, um, all-purpose touchdowns. I think he's good for a couple rushing um, but I think, like you guys said, he's going to dictate the defense. He's going to he's going to be the you know we're talking about who's covering him. Uh, just go back and watch the tape against New England. Watch the Gilmore tape. That's where you can really see what he can truly do. Because to me, go you know Jalen Ramsey and Gilmore are probably two of the better cornerbacks next year. You know, Ohio State guys around the league. Yeah. Um, so I think what that's going to do exactly that's just going to draw attention. So what that is going to do is going to open up the field. Um, as far as AGG, again, he's a guy I love, uh, you know, back-to-back-to-back, 1,000-yard seasons, 10 touchdowns in each of the two. Um, the guy's a big play waiting to happen, but he needs a lot of work with his route running, and he needs a lot of work with his blocking right now. And he's also got a little, you know, he's been dropping a couple balls in camp, and everyone knows you do that, you're not going to get on the field. So that's why I say as fans, be patient, 
look for him in red zone packages early on. Um, I'm going to say I, I think he's probably going to get about, you know, five, six snaps a game. It's probably you know, safe to say in the beginning. But we start to get into week four or five. I think for one reason or another, he's going to get into me. Inman, I respect what everyone says about him. I've watched the tape. To me, he's a stopgap. I like what he can do. But he's not going to be a guy that's going to give us six, 700 yards because I think you have Sims and McLaurin in the role where those are big play guys at receiver. Right. You have Gibson, McKissick, your big play guys at running back. And, and again, it's all relative because they're all receivers. Mm-hmm. Everybody's a receiver here now. So right. what's going to be really different from for Redskins fans we've ever seen? Maybe that's Trunk candidate. You know, if mm-hmm. we go back that far, you know, a true wow. receiving, you know, I, I'm sure that there's a couple between there, but that's the last one I, that comes to mind. But now you're talking about a stable of a bunch of guys like this. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it's going to truly work, but I do have faith in um, Turner because I've been saying I've wanted to see innovation now for years. KOC, I wanted to see it. McVeigh, you know, there was a lot of, you know, people we let walk out the door. Right. So I think that he has very little experience, but I'm going to, right for right now, trust Rivera's selection and bringing him along because mm-hmm. the Jack Del Rio, D- 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 Del Rio uh, selection was genius to me. It was the one of the best hires of the offseason. And then to bring in Turner now, now we finally in Washington have a situation where the coach is going to coach and each coordinator is going to have his squad. And I really, truly don't think Rivera is going to get in the way of those guys, especially now with all the treatments he's under. You know, we can't us underestimate what kind of toll that's going to put on him. So he's going to really rely on his position coaches to do their jobs. So, again, the unknown, that gives us an advantage. But, again, that's only going to work for a couple weeks. So, man, I'm just really behind the defense. The last time I've really had this feeling is RG3 2012 when we got him. I said, we really, I can see us making some right. ways with that right. one guy. Sometimes that one mm-hmm. guy can make that impact. And I think Chase is that guy that, you know, I I agree, 8-8, eight and eight, 9 wins. I think that's where we are. And, and everyone knows in our division right now, you know, that could be, you know, that's the difference between put us at a wild card and, you know, just behind. So, I Absolutely. think it's going to be interesting. This defense is going to put a lot of pressure. And it's funny that people talk about Carson Wentz. You know, let's remember, um, Sudfeld's right behind him, guys. Um, right. Galen Hurts, we're going to see some package with him, so get ready for that. And <laughs> right. I think that we're going to stomp that out. And I think once they bust out their trick plays and um, Washington stomps them out, I think that's really going to get to them. And I think that, you know, I've said that I think it's going to be a grinding game. But in the end, Philadelphia is just going to be overwhelmed. I think they'll be able to get quick plays. They'll get some first downs here and there. But we're going to cut down those big plays. I just think it's just going to be so much pressure to make people like Apke and these other guys in the back end, you know, really play their guys. Because let's be honest, these receivers aren't, in my opinion, aren't scaring anyone. Jeffrey, I think, is out. Rieger could be out if he's not. He's playing. You know, Deshaun Jackson is a weapon, but he's not the same old Deshaun Jackson. So I I think they have a legit chance to shut this team down. Jack Del Rio is going to be very aggressive. No more Minuski ball here. Right. So I'm going to talk a little bit about the tight ends. The tight ends um, is probably our weakest um, position group. You guys say thumbs up, thumbs down. I mean, that's yeah. just my opinion. Um, I think it's like our one of our positions that we're looking for something, okay? We got Logan Thomas. I like Logan Thomas. At least when Logan Thomas comes in the game, you don't know if it's going to be a pass or run now. But when you saw Sprinkles, you're like, yeah, that's the guy. They're they're about to run the ball. So, <laughs> so I'm excited to have ball. I'm excited to have Logan Thomas. Um, and then the offensive line. Let's talk about that for just a little bit. Then we're going to dive right into defense. The offensive line, man, we, we're young. Uh, we, we got some question marks. 
You know, we have not signed Brandon Sheriff. It's just so much going on with that offensive line. But a guy that we did draft that I love is Kalik Hudson. I love his versatility. I love his speed. I love his I love his shiftiness. So when you're talking about packages and this and that, he's that perfect guy for the kind of offense that we want to run. Uh, Phil, what do you see out of the offensive line? The offensive line. Well, the reason we haven't signed anybody long-term is Rivera is adamant. He wants to see what he has. And I can't blame the man. I, I honestly can't blame him. If he doesn't want to give Sheriff a contract, so be it. I have a feeling that he will, though. Sheriff top five guard. He should. Absolutely. Um, but I think you're going to see a lot of bootleg rollouts. You're going to see a lot of Haskins on the move to help the offensive line. Um, quick passes, like Adam said earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, they know that the offensive line's weak and unknown. Let's say the left side's unknown. Right. Christian has taken that left tackle job. Yeah, right there. I'm praying. Yeah. I'm praying, man. I mean, we, we all know how bad Deron Christian was last year. He was, he was horrible. He's really was, bad. He's one of the worst tackles I've ever seen in the league. Um, Matt Go is that good of a coach to already have Christian as a starting left tackle in the NFL. I mean, you just like you like you said, in Ron we trust. You've got to trust Ron that he's going to do the right things for Haskins. I, I truly believe he is 100% behind Haskins and 100% behind this team. That's why he took this job. He sees all the young talent. Um, they say Sadiq Charles has some of the best feet since Trent Williams. Um, wow. Just get that boy strong. When he gets strong, Sadiq Charles is going to be the man. And if not, maybe we'll get Panay Sewell from New Oregon. He did opt out. Um, <laughs> he's just preparing for the draft. Uh, but I'll always I'll always go to college. That's my that's right yeah. up my alley. I know Adam Adam likes all those small school guys though. Not an offensive tackle though. No. <laughs> I, I don't never and I had a bunch of guys actually send me their tape this year and I actually had a couple of tight ends. For the most part, the small school guys I stick with the it seems like receivers, corners, and safeties, linebackers. Otherwise, I don't know. I just it's just, for me maybe it's just shortcomings on my side. You know, I yeah. I, I, I I look at them and it's. To me, it's way too hard to evaluate, you know, but oh, the other positions, you can just see that speed, talent, everything. It, it's offensive line is very hard to evaluate. I agree. I don't I don't evaluate the offensive line. I go to my boy Kristen. He's in my fantasy football leagues. You know, he played offensive line. Actually, he pancaked Tim Settle in high school. So wow. Yeah. <laughs> Kristen, wow. Let Christian tell you about that one, Manny. Um, All right, most definitely. Anyway, um, like I said, real quick, short, sweet. Offensive line, like I said, it's going to be helped by quick passes. There's going to be a lot of quick passes and a lot of movement of Dwayne Haskins in and out of, out of the pocket. All right. Lujo? I think you'll probably see a lot more shotgun runs. Yeah. Putting him in the shotgun gives him, of course, a couple steps back and be able to hand the ball off some of the draw plays. I thought that the departure of Eric Flowers was a bad move. Man. I thought that he, he exceeded my expectations by right. I would have re-signed him, uh, but we don't know if Rivera would have retained him. Um, I think he was released. He he left and went to – did he go to Detroit? Miami. 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 Um, And I think he had just played out of his one-year deal, and nobody ever said anything to him about retaining him. And Mm -hmm. so he went for the next best thing. I would have retained Eric Flowers. I thought he was a a great uh, offensive lineman last year, and I would have loved to see him year over year build some consistency year over year rather than so many things changing and guys being shifted around. 
I think your your tight end blocking is going to be helpful uh, in the first couple of games as well, as you know, so that Dwayne Haskins can get, his, can get his legs under him. But I do think also in addition to that, you'll see running backs helping to block and uh, helping to give him some more time. So I, I agree with all of what you guys are saying. You'll probably see more of the quicker passes. And I think as the game kind of goes on, we get into the third and fourth quarter, once you've started wearing the defense down, then you're going to see some of the longer passes down the field. But I do think offensive line is a questionable uh, part of this team, uh, and you don't want the first game to be against the Fletcher Coxes of the world. But right. I digress, and, and hopefully they can put together a blocking scheme that will give them time to at least get the medium to intermediate passes out. Uh, you'll see you'll see Steve Sims used a lot uh, in this game on Sunday. So let's get ready. Let's get a popcorn ready. Let's make it happen. Awesome, awesome, Adam. Yeah, you know, I, I rely on you know the guys I know that scout are really you know to offensive linemen and what they tell me to look for, especially with in Carolina, is to you know come you know overcome their shortcomings. Like you said, they're going to be very aggressive, you know, with the short game and all that. But what they're also going to do is they're going to be going forward a lot more. Um, our Callahan, the traditional blocking schemes we've had over the years, more of a read and react. It was more of, you know, on the move. And they will do that um, with Washington's um, new offensive um, line coach. But what they're going to do a lot is exactly they're going to be getting their, their players out in the space. And that will also involve offensive linemen. So you're going to see situations where offensive linemen are eligible receivers. And that is simply just so we can get them downfield and being able to block. It's just an aspect that nobody really talked about. And I saw it last year in Carolina where on a lot of plays that they were making, some of their guards and their tackles eligible receivers. And I was questioning why they were doing it. So I reached out to people I know, and they said just for the simple reason, it's hard to see it on tape, but they get to take an extra step or two without being, you know, getting called for a penalty. Mm -hmm. um, but like we said about the tight ends, what I really liked is how they use Ian Thomas in Carolina, and they were bringing him in the backfield pre-snap. So your tight ends aren't just going to be in-line blocking. They're actually mm. going to be by the line of scrimmage a la fullback kind of role. And I think that's why they really like Logan Thomas because he's flexible that way. Because mm -hmm. a guy that, that is that big that can really bend and get down, and he can, I've seen him. You know, I watched Virginia Tech, you know, there's just little nuances that you can see him if you just watch all the tape. He can get low in everything he does. So mm -hmm. I think there's a hell of a lot of projection going on for this team. We're going to see – how good this coaching is this year to me because coaching and, and football is more imperative than any other sport in the world and right. it's all youth i think and it was amazing seeing the age from the all the offensive playmakers to defense and i think that this is really going to come down to coaching but i i think it's going to be from years past it's like the redskins are blowing it i don't think we're going to see those kind of games anymore right I think we're either going to be in it we're going to pull it's it out or we're, we're not you know i don't think it's going to be those we're up 20 to three and then we sat back games over if you watch del rio hall that's not how del rio plays he right. knows how to employ his right. defensive ends julius peppers von mm -hmm. miller everybody that he's ever had mm -hmm. so i think that with the guys that we have that we're just they're just so deep right now in certain mm -hmm. positions that especially offensive line they're gonna have to really be very creative with the offensive line but i think that in the short time they'll be okay but I think we really need to have Sadiq Charles more in that role because mm -hmm. I'm not sold on Christian. I hope I'm wrong, but I just don't think – I think the way he was used at Louisville, right yeah. tackle, left tackle, switching between plays, yeah. that was great for their offense. Now he's going to his third offensive coordinator in four, four or five years. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's a good thing. You can look at a camp when you know what's coming at you. Let's see right. how he looks against Philadelphia's front line. That's a totally different story. True. So this next position group, we're going to group the corners and the safeties together. 
for the uh, for the sake of time. So we got the surprise Troy Ackby, who has finally put some stuff together. I understand that his tackling has been bad. His uh, first few. This is his second or third year. Third. Love that. Third. So his first couple years, you know, he always took bad angles. But in camp, he's been laying the wood, man. He's been knocking people out. There was a collision with Terry McLaurin, and fans started hating him because, you know, you can't take out your best player. So I'm really, I'm really proud of the guy. Deion Sanders said, this guy can run, run. You know, <laughs> we all remember that from the combine. Yeah, you can run, run. <laughs> it's just amazing to kind of see players being developed the right way with this new coaching staff. So we got Landon Collins over under two interceptions this season. Over. 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 I I I mean Minuski was not doing his thing last year. I don't know what Minuski was doing. Had had you know pass rushers covering and a mess. So with this uh defensive back group. What do you see happening this season, Phil? And I'll just go across the, uh, the frame. What do I see happening this season? All right. I think if, if it was me, I would absolutely move Fuller to the slot in the nickel, and I would play Moreau and Darby on the outside. When Moreau was playing with us at the end of the year last year, he was one of the best corners in the league. He, mm -hmm. was, he was intercepting the ball. He was covering. I know he's been hurt in camp, but – that's what that to me. That's our best three corners: Fuller, Moreau, and Darby. I like Jimmy Moreland. I really do. But I think coming from that small school, like Adam says, coming from that small school, it's such a huge jump to the NFL. Um, he is the people's corner. Everybody loves him. He's probably a fan favorite. Uh, He's watching the show right now, actually. Good, Jimmy. Good, watch it. <laughs> um, it's not that I don't. Not that I doubt Jimmy Moreland. That's that. Don't go there. Um, I just think, I mean, Darby was the defensive rookie of the year at Buffalo. If he stays healthy and Moreau was a first-round – Moreau's got first-round talent. Everybody knows that. Everybody's heard that. Um, and we all know what Kendall Fuller can do. Uh, he's versatile. I think Kendall Fuller is going to play a lot of safety as well. Um, it's all about versatility. Um, we're going to see a lot of Moreau, Darby, Moreland. We're going to see a lot of rotation. I think we're going to have fresh legs. I think we're deeper than we've ever been. Ever been. Um, that's just the way I see the defensive backs going. Uh, I, I love Sam Curl. Like, a kid is a playmaker. Evidently. Yeah. evidently, the kid is an absolute playmaker. Lujo? I am curious to see what Jack Del Rio does with these uh, defensive backs. Um, as Phil stated, I think we've really become really deep in the position. I do like Fuller and what he did with Kansas City. I loved Fuller when he was in the slot uh, coming out of Virginia Tech. I thought we should have never let Kendall Fuller walk. Uh, needless to say, I think he is a really, really good addition to this defensive backfield. I like Abke's speed, and I think he started coming on. I think he had a pick against um, Dallas. It was somebody last year. He had a pick and a run back. I thought he was just coming on. I love Landon Collins as uh, safety. I think Darby's going to be strong. I think Fabian Moreau is going to be strong. And I think the defense, defensive seven, the front seven, are really going to cause the back four or five guys to be really strong. And, and I think with the limited time the quarterback's going to have, you're going to see a lot more tipped passes falling into interceptions. You're going to see rushed passes becoming interceptions. And, and, and so I really feel strongly about 
the group that they've assembled here. I, I do feel like there will be interceptions. There will be some pick sixes. There will be some 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 balls that are batted out um, once the receiver has caught the ball and got a fumble turnover. So I really think Zach Del Rio is instilling an attack attitude in this defense, no matter what position you play. And I think that's going to make this defense that much more dangerous. Before I go to Adam, I also believe that there's going to be some hard hitting. Like oh, you're saying, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. I can see the fumbles coming. The the kind of hits that I was hearing in camp were brutal. So if they're hitting like that in camp against their own brothers, man, week one, good luck, Eagles. Adam, what you got? I'm, you know, and I respect what everyone's saying. I think Moreland has caught on. He's a fan favorite, and I get it. But I think you can't deny his film. Um, 18 interceptions, six for touchdowns. Um, if he was a rookie this year, I'd agree 100%. He needs time. This is his breakout year. I have Moreland. I, I just wrote an article about two weeks ago. He's one of my uh, breakout players of the year. Um, I think that he's going to be in a situation where um, Darby, I, I, I can't trust him. 20 games in three years he's missed. To me, that I don't see – I have not looked at a trend anywhere. If you find it, I'll give you credit where in a three-year span someone's missed 20 games and then played anywhere between 14 and 16 the next two, three years for the rest of their career. So I have zero faith in him staying healthy. Moreau, I love him, and I really hope. I've been pulling from him since coming out. I really was high on him. I have not seen the progression I thought I would. But I'll tell you what, everyone I've reached out to, anybody that I DM, anybody with the team radio I've talked to, it's Moreland, Moreland, Moreland. It's, it, and this is not hype anymore. He's making all the plays in camp because he's the kind of guy, once that ball touches his hand, he's taking it, and the next thing you know, he's gone. He's for a touchdown. So I think this defense is going to play right into his hands. He's going to be the kind of guy that's just going to be the opportunistic corner, rather if they're going to keep him um, inside on nickel sets or they're going to put him on outside. That's that's debatable. Um, but bottom line, I, this is just my bold prediction. I think Moreland Moreland's going to have five interceptions this year, and two of those are going to be for touchdowns. I think he's going to be the best defensive back on the team. That's awesome. And, you know, Jimmy Moreland, man, I love his swag, man. The guy, he's like one of those – he's like a Patrick Beverly. He is a pest. He's like one of those guys that will not back down from a fight because he's smaller by stature or whatever. So, I, I mean, he I love hits. him. He huh? can hit. Too. He, can, he hit. can hit. Look at the hit. Cleveland game. The Cleveland, I think. I would think that was a preseason final. Preseason game. I remember. It was Holcomb and him came in. He brought it, man. This guy is an underrated hitter. And if he was just a ball, like I said, to me, I've told everyone, think D'Angelo Hall. But mm -hmm. if Moreland can get that ceiling, it's what D'Angelo Hall could have been because he D'Angelo right. Hall shied away from the hits. He right. did not not like Moreland. So to mm -hmm. me, Moreland takes some of what Hall brought, and he takes some of what other the bigger corners bring. So that's where again, it's all projection for all of us. But I think year two for a lot of players, it's a right. huge year. And again, I'm going what everyone's saying, and everyone mm -hmm. around this guy is saying, man, watch out for Moreland this year. Right. And also, Landon Collins said that Moreland should have had at least seven or eight interceptions last year. You know, he just, you know, some mental nerves. nerves. <laughs> yeah, Everyone nerves. I talked to, so they, they said he was, he admitted, he was like, I was thinking too much because when he was at college, you know, you're talking about, you know, 5,000, 7,000 fans at those games, you know, so it was not the same thing. So right. I'm, yeah, I'm expecting a big turnaround. All right. So we got two more position groups. Let's get to the linebackers, man. The linebackers was an ultimate battle. Uh, we had Ruben Foster who went on the IR. Um, Ruben Foster's story kind of reminds me of uh, Junior Gallette, how we, you know, he was an IR for two years and then he comes back. So hopefully we can retain him. I mean, all this that we've done for him, 
hopefully it works out with the financials and everything. And hopefully he comes back fully healthy to be an impact for this team. So what do you guys see out of this linebacking group? And I also want to ask, who do you think out of the linebacking group, who's the best tackler? Who's the best cover guy? Because we've been ate up by tight ends. Tight ends have been an issue and we cannot figure out how to guard the tight end. So um, who's the best tackler on the team? Who's the best cover guy? And which three linebackers do you see starting? Phil? All right. So I don't agree with the unofficial depth chart. I think Holcomb should be a starter. I hate the Duke can fly, as you can tell. My boy from North Carolina. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, and drafted by my favorite NFL team. So I uh, got to ride with Cole. Uh, Cole is a, one of the hardest workers. I've been following him since he walked on at North Carolina. He is one of the hardest workers you will ever meet. Um, he's just a workhorse, and he he can fly. Uh, I think you're going to see speed from our linebacking core. That's all there is to it. KP, I hear KPL can fly. I don't know much about him. I know he played at Boston College. Um, I know I read an article about KPL possibly being the breakout player for North, for us um, on Twitter. Can't remember who wrote it, so uh, can't give you the plug. Sorry, but um, it. It was a great article. Like I said, speed. I think our best cover cover linebacker is a SDH, Sean Dion. Uh, the dude, he's just smart. If we mm -hmm. could start Sean Dion Hamilton, Cole Holcomb, and KPL, probably have the fastest linebacker core in, in the league. Like those dudes can fly. Yeah. Um, but like like I said before, with corners and everything else, D line. It's all going to be about fresh legs. We're we're so deep at linebacker, and then the Hudson from uh, Michigan. That dude, that that dude can play anywhere. Uh, I think he'll play some big big safety. Uh, I know he played the Viper role or whatever that role is in Michigan, uh, the Jabril Peppers role. That's what I call it. Um, and actually, I think he played it better than Jabril Jabril Peppers. Khalid uh, Hudson's a freak of nature. Mm -hmm. uh, just like some other guys on our team. I, I think we're just going to have a rotation. It's going to be depth, 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 and fresh legs. I mean, have fun blocking Ryan Kerrigan with fresh legs in the fourth quarter. That's all I can say. <laughs> right, right. He's, he's a veteran pass rusher. You know you want him going after a quarterback in the fourth quarter, him and Chase. Right. But, uh, the, the linebackers, like I said, speed, speed, speed. Lujo? I love Cole Holcomb. I think he's a great cover linebacker. He's also a solid tackler as well. I love KPL. I think John Bostic surprised some people last year. I thought he was great in run coverage. Uh, but again, you still have Kerrigan. You still have Ryan Anderson, who I, who I thought they were going to probably trade, which they did not. Uh, and so you have a really good rotation of linebackers. I think that when it's time to play the Dallases, you got to deal with Ezekiel Elliott. And when you got to face the Giants and you got to deal with Saquon Barkley. We're going to see these linebackers flying around to the ball. Saquon Barkley just ate us up last year. Mm -hmm. And so I look to see these, these linebackers step up and really be solid tacklers and really be solid contributors in this defense. And once again, we're looking at a 4-3. And so I think that these guys playing in position are going to be a strong group. Okay, so speaking of Ryan Anderson – I do have Ryan Anderson playing some linebacker as well as playing some edge. Okay. He's an undersized edge, but the coaches love his tenacity, his, 
his physicality. So not only can he rush the passer, which we saw last season, causing some fumbles, he also excels in uh, stuffing the run. So he's going to be a guy that's going to help on both sides of the ball. So I'm excited for Ryan Anderson. I think he's going to do a lot better than what people think. And if he blows up, you can always trade him. You can always resign him. I mean, there's so many things that you can do with him. So, Adam? Um, I think it's going to be interesting. It's going to be matchups with this defense because, you know, you look at the first two games, um, Philadelphia and Arizona. Um, your, your strong side linebackers are likely not going to get many snaps in that game. You're probably going to be a nickel. I, I would guess anywhere between 70 to 80 percent against those kind of teams. So, mm. you know, players like SDH, um, Cole Holcomb, John Bostic, Thomas Davis Jr. Um, I, Thomas Davis Jr., not, I heard he's still recovering. So maybe a couple of weeks before we see an impact. But, you know, it's your core right there with uh, SDH, John Bostic and Cole Holcomb. I think those are going to be your major guys. But everything they said in their interviews and press conferences, they're doing a lot of rotation. So I think the middle linebackers and the will linebackers are going to be kind of interchangeable. I don't think it's going to be as big of a deal. Who's calling it the line if it's Bostic, you know, whoever it is. Because I guess for now it will be Bostic with the green dot in the helmet. Um, but I don't think that that's going to really matter. I think it's going to be a lot of sub packages. I think, you know, like you mentioned, Fuller playing safety. I think there's going to be a lot of situations where we're going to have a lot of DBs out there. And I think that, you know, we mentioned Khalid Hudson and KPP. Those were two guys I had on my list along with Moreland and Tim Settle as guys that are really going to step up this year. But I see KP, uh, K- KPL and all these initials. Um, I know. <laughs> Khalid Hudson. Um, I, th- I see them as uh, ballers for special teams especially. I think that Hudson can be the future special teams leader and the sub package like more blitzer because I see him more, you know, in that hybrid linebacker. You know, he can play a little bit of that safety, but it's got to be close to the line. You put him in coverage, you know, he's going to blow it. He's got 4'6 speed, but um, his back pedal, um, his, his, his step, his side step, it's just not there for that. So you don't want to put him in coverage. But I think that what they've done that they haven't done in years, they've built that depth. So we're going to be able to sustain any kind of COVID, um, you know, outbreak, any kind of, you know, um, injuries. I think that this defense will be able to sustain it. So right. I think that the draft picks, everything that Kyle Smith does, I think that he should be applauded. And the fact that they put him in his position, you know, a lot of fans out there were talking about, you know, he should have been the GM. And now we're seeing what's happened with the president, different positions. Those titles don't mean as much. It's more about what your duties are. And Kyle Smith now the head of pro and college scouting, I think that pretty much sums it up that him and Rivera are building this roster together with the coaches. So I like what they're doing. Let's see if it's going to really, you know, work on the field. That that's can always look good on paper, but I think with offense, you're building a blueprint of what Kansas City did, building that speed, and I think on defense, you're building that blueprint what San Francisco did, which is stacking that defensive line. So now, if they really, you know, going forward solidify that offensive line through the draft, everything going forward. Uh, I think this team has a really bright future. And I think Snyder, just for the sake of everything that's going on, he's going to step off. I, I think Rivera gets more than a year, two-year leash. I think he gets at least two, three years to really get this thing going. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I think that, you know, we're going to see some dividends between that time and building through the draft. You know, we've already got an extra third-round pick going into next year. That can't be underestimated. So, I, I really like what they're doing on this uh, with this linebacker core. It's young and experienced, but I, I think there's, there's a lot of talent here. Awesome, awesome. And also, speaking of defensive line, this is the last position group for the night. Uh, just let me paint a picture. You got Chase Young on one side. You have Sweat on the other side. Then you got Allen in pain. Oh. And then they get tired. Guess who comes in for, for uh, 
you know, young and sweat. You have Ryan Anderson. You have uh, 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 Kerrigan, you know, who's so close to that sack record. Then guess what? The guys in the middle, they get tired. Then you bring in Settle. Then you bring in Big Matt. I mean, we have eight guys on that line that are about to wreak havoc on this league. I don't think people understand how good this line is. I don't think I don't think people understand how good this line can be. So we're gonna talk about this line. Let me know who do you think leads us in sacks. Who are the top three sack leaders in your numbers? For me, I think that Chase Young is right around nine sacks this year. I have Montez Sweat leading us in sacks with 12, and then I have Big Matt with around seven or eight. Phil? I have Chase Young chasing the rookie record. I think he's going to get really close to the rookie record. Okay. Um, I think him and Montez Sweat will lead the, lead the team in sacks. Um, and then Kerrigan, of course, is going to break the record this year. Uh, Dexter Manley's a great, great pass rusher. Right. Kerrigan's about to break that record this year. Um, I honestly believe that's probably the only reason he's on this team still. I think we would have traded him and went young this offseason if he wasn't so close to that sack. Mm-hmm. Right. He is he's he's gonna be a Washington football royalty. Here he is, Washington football royalty. Um our D- big Matt, big Matt Ionitis, <laughs> he's gonna get close to him. He's gonna be close. I think we lead the league in sacks this year. Yeah. We were top five last year, and we only had, and we add Chase Young, and then we move Ryan Kerrigan back to his original position. No, everybody's saying, you know, he played linebacker for so long. He is a DN. He is a defensive end. He has always been a defensive end. Mm-hmm. I never liked him as an outside linebacker. Uh, he is one of my favorite players, but uh, he's always should have been on the line and in the dirt at the quarterback all the time. That's where Kerrigan should be. And he, thank God he's back. And, like, we're going to stop the run on the way to the quarterback. Exactly. Attack. I love that by um, Ron Rivera. Lujo? I would agree. I think Chase Young is really going to be pushing uh, for the rookie record, and he could be a defensive player of the year candidate. When Jack Del Rio led the defense, you saw um, a Khalil Mack, 15 sacks, when he was a coordinator with Von Miller. 18 and a half sacks. And these right. are under the same defensive coordinator. And so I think Chase Young has the propensity to do that, uh, especially when you have Montez Sweat on the other side. I think mm-hmm. you're really going to see a lot of double teams on him eventually. And that'll just open up the lanes for Deron Payne and Matt Ioannidis and Jonathan Allen and the guys on the inside. So I think as a defensive unit, it's really going to be a tough unit to stop. I think we'll definitely be in the top three uh, in terms of sacks, bad down balls, quarterback hurries, forced fumbles you know, tackles behind the line of scrimmage. There are so many different categories that you can uh, position this defense in. But I do think that with Jack Del Rio as the, 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 the single guy who can really make the difference on this defense, it's not just personnel. Now it's coaching and it's scheme. And I think those two things have a really, really big impact on this defense. So I think Chase Young is probably going to get about 15. I think Montez is going to hover around 13, 14. I think Matt Ioannidis is going to have his share. And everybody's just really going to have their share. Uh, and then you bring up safety blitzes. You bring up corner blitzes, uh, depending on the down and distance and depending on what's going on in the scheme of the game. But I, I do feel that you have the ability to really do some damage and be a top two, three defense in this league. Okay. I'm going to get to Adam, but man, y'all are make you and Phil are making me look bad for saying only nine sacks for Chase Young. But let me see what Adam has to say. Adam? 
Well, I, you know, I'm, 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 I've been really high on Montez Sweat. You know, I loved him coming out of Adam in my top 10. So when we got him and traded back in the first round, I, I loved it. I have him really having a great year. You know, I think the speed off the edge in those arms, the length of those arms, what that's going to do is that's going to get a lot of sacks. And I have him hovering around 12, 12, 13 sacks. And the only reason I don't have Chase Young around that mark is because what I think he's going to do is I think he's going to hover around 9, 10 sacks. But what he's going to do is he's going to have major, major, major pressures. Because if you look at college, team scheme for him. So I think that's what's going to happen. But what he's also going to do is he's going to lead the whole defensive line of force fumbles. I think I have him down for about five force fumbles and at least two or three recovered. So I think this is just going to be a great opportunity for the defense to make plays. Stats are great. But I think in the end, when it comes down to like the true leader, Montez Sweat, I think he could be up for a possible defensive player of the year candidate, I think. He's the kind of guy that if he gets his hand on the ball, we're, we're talking about a guy that, the, you know, we read that back at Mississippi State, he was clocked at 438, four, was actually one of the fastest. He's ever going, that, that, that's crazy. So, you right. know, love Young. I think that he's going to draw a ton of attention. What that's going to do is that's going to lead to um, um, Montez Sweat having just a, a really great year. And I agree that Matt Ionite is going to be probably with the statistical leader in sacks on the line. But just keep in mind, you know, I always urge people to go back and look at old tapes of teams to get an idea. Look at Green Bay when they were in the NASCAR formation, uh, when they had um, Matthews, all these guys on the line standing up, all these defensive ends. You're going to see package. I, I, I'm i almost guaranteeing it because I saw a couple games where um, Del Rio did it. So you're talking about Ryan Kerrigan, Young, Montez Sweat, Ryan Anderson, possibly in the game at the same time. I think that there's a lot to be excited about. Um, we can get caught up in the statistics, but I think a lot of teams are going to counter that by doing a lot of quick game against us too, like we're going to do against them. So just look for more pressures, more turnovers. I think that's what we can be more hopeful of because those will win the games. The sacks are great, but um, you know the pressures and the turnovers that those will lead to wins for our for the Reds for Washington. Excuse me. I agree. So Adam had my back, man. The only reason why I said Chase would only have nine sacks is because. We got so many guys. You know, he's going to create a lot of double teams. That's why I, that's the only reason why I have him at nine sacks, but he's going to be the ultimate uh, uh, impact because when he rushes, he's going to command double teams, triple teams, and then pockets is collapsing, you know, all kinds of stuff where now the, the now like the inside guys can now attack. So it's going to be really exciting to see Chase Young out there. I'm excited for that. Um, the game is coming up Sunday. My prediction for this game, I have the Redskins winning by three, 24 to 21. Phil, your prediction? That was my score exactly. Exactly. I think it's 24-21. Askins leads the drive at the bottom of the fourth quarter. Awesome. Lujo? I'm more along the lines of uh, 24 to maybe 14, 24, 17. I think this is really Clamps down and, and pushes Philly to have to go for field goals uh, in a couple of drives. So uh, I don't think he's going to do more than 17. Awesome, Adam. Yeah, I have them. I've been consistent that day. It's going to be a 2013 game. I think uh, Washington will start fast. Um, we'll go up two touchdowns early. You know, it, it'll start to get close, you know, some field goals. But I think in the end, it's just going to be a defensive performance where what we've been waiting for for Washington fans, for us to close out that second half, we're going to finally see it. Um, the 0-6 uh, streak we've had against uh, Philadelphia, they're going to break it. I think that um, it's just going to be one of those games 
that once they get to the second half and we kind of see what Philly can do, they can see what we can do. Offensive, we're going to be stopping each other on both sides of the ball, but I think Washington will continue to get turnovers. You know, again, 2013, I think Washington gets at least three turnovers in the game. Awesome. Three turnovers. Awesome. So, guys, that is the show. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, Be sure to follow me on Twitter at Back Row Redskins. Um, All of the guys who came on the show, I'm going to have their Twitter handles as well as Facebook handles as well. So you guys, make sure you guys follow these guys. Once again, Phil, Lujo, Adam, thank you so much for coming on. I know it's late, it's a sacrifice, but you guys have my back. I appreciate you guys. I love y'all, man. Hey, man. man. Thanks for having me on, man. Fight for all DC, guys. Let's get it. Let's go. Yeah.